High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. How many excited about what Jesus is doing in the earth? Amen. All right. I said, how many excited about what Jesus is doing in the earth? Amen. How many excited about what Jesus is doing here at High Praise? Grab your Bible, go to Proverbs chapter 13. I'm going to jump right in because I am very well aware of what time it is. Uh, But 2023 has been really an absolutely incredible uh, and amazing year. How many of you have a testimony of something that God's done in your life this year? How many of you have seen him do something miraculous, something powerful, something incredible over the course uh, of this year? Uh, It kind of became a a common mantra that we said uh, over the course of this Uh, This incredible year that 2023 uh, was the greatest year we have ever had as a church body. And listen, that wasn't just some sort of flippant thing we said or something that we said without meaning. Listen, all of the staff and people that are around me on a regular basis, uh, if there's one thing that, uh, if you don't know this about me, uh, know this one thing is true, that I do not say things that I do not mean. I don't say just things that are superfluous for no reason or just throw around uh, 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 nice platitudes to make people feel good. If I say something, it's because I mean it. Whenever I say 2023 is the greatest year that we have ever had as a church body, it absolutely is the greatest, most productive, most fruitful year that we have ever had in the almost next week, 27-year history of this church body. Amen? And you know what that means? That means that it was, that means God was doing things in the lives of the people in this body. And for a lot of you, it was the greatest year that you have experienced in your life. And for that, can we give Jesus one more hand this morning? Here's the good news. Here's the good news. I've got even better news, and that is this. I'm even more hyped for what God's going to do in 2024. Because if 2023 was great, I believe 2024 is going to be even better. Because, listen, we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from one level to a higher level. I don't believe in the kingdom that we go backwards. I'm going to say, I don't believe in the kingdom. We go backwards. I believe we just accelerate. We go forward. We go to greater levels, greater measures. Will there be battles? Of course there will be battles. But the good news is this. I know the one who holds the victory in his hands, and he's already given us the keys for what we need to see accomplished in the year 2024. Proverbs 13. Did I tell you to turn there? Proverbs 13, verse 12. If I didn't, turn there quick. It says this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now, oftentimes we just hear that part of the scripture, but the scripture is an end there. It goes on and says this, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. It is life-giving, right? Solomon is telling us something here, something really simple. When things don't happen the way that we thought they were going to happen, it breeds frustration and it breeds disappointment, 
right? It breeds anguish and hurt within our lives. How many ever been believing for something and you haven't seen it? All right, we got some people that are living on the planet Earth in the room this morning. Some of y'all are from Mars or something. I'm not sure, but if you've lived on this planet long enough, you at some point have believed for something, had an expectation for something, thought something was going to happen, and it did not go that way. Right? And whenever that happens, disappointment can start to be bred in your heart. We actually had this a little bit on, on Christmas at our house. Eliza has been asking for, she calls it a playground, a swing set. You know what I'm talking about? In the backyard. She goes, I want a, my own playground for a couple years. And, and this year we got her a playground to go in the backyard, got her a swing set. And uh, uh, on Christmas morning, she's opening up her presents and she gets to the last two. And she's been just a ball of energy all morning. And she gets to those last two presents and she sees she only has two presents and her head hangs. And she goes, my playground's not going to fit in that box. <laughs> That's accurate. And she started feeling very disappointed. And I said, baby, just finish and open up your presents. You never know what's going to happen. And she kept opening up her presents. And then we have a, a mailbox in our living room at Christmas time. And she, I said, hey, maybe you should go check the mail. Um, and there was a note there for her to go check the, the backyard because she had been a really good girl this year and she ran out in the backyard and she lit up and if there was because it was a, a playground back there for her and if there was ever a living embodiment of hope deferred makes the heart sick but when the desire comes it is a tree of life I saw it Christmas morning because we went from really disappointed Christmas was ruined this was the worst thing ever to all of a sudden running around and jumping in the backyard like that because listen there's a lot of us like that you may have expected some things this year, and you're looking and you're going, it's December 31st. There ain't much time left. But I'm telling you, just because it may not have happened in the, in the, the time frame that you expected it to happen in, doesn't mean that God's still not going to do exactly what he promised you that he was going to do. Thankfully, he doesn't work on your time schedule all the time, but he is always faithful and he is always good. So listen, you aren't called to live in heart sickness, in hopelessness, and disappointment. You are called to live in joy. You're called to live in hope because God has something good he wants to do in your life. Now, now that we said that, this is the time of year where especially in our circles we start seeing people release really what they feel God is saying for the year. Uh, and to be clear before I say anything else, I want to preface all of this by say this, saying this, I believe God is still speaking today. I believe God is still speaking today. I believe God still has something good to say. I heard a great man of God say it like this. I've heard many men of God say it like this, and I believe this is true. Heaven is always broadcasting. God is always saying something good about his people. God always has something good to say. However, with all of that said, I want to let you know something. This may be a surprise to some of you. There is nothing magical that's going to happen tonight. When the clock goes from 1159 to midnight and suddenly God's word over your life changed. Yet we act this way sometimes in our circles like all of a sudden January 1st, like God's operating on our calendar anyways, which is a whole different thing. Like he really operates on any calendar. He's, anyways, I don't have time. That's too theological. 
<laughs> we have our Christian horoscopes. That's exactly what it is. And it's the time of year where we start chasing them and trying to figure out, what's God going to say this year? What's God going to do this year? And listen, I believe God's speaking. I believe God's speaking. But you don't need to be chasing every word that comes out this year to figure out what God's going to say. God's already given you words. God's already said things to you. You're already standing in the gap for things. And his word over your life didn't change from 23 to 24. Is he going to say some new things? I'm sure he will. But that doesn't mean that everything he said previously was suddenly voided and God's agenda has completely changed for the new year. That's silliness. And let me just call it what it really is, superstition. It's prophetic superstition. And we don't operate in superstition. It's silliness. God is saying something, and by the way, also for some reason, everything God says for a new year has to rhyme. It's, you know, more in 24, and you're coming alive in 25, and we're going to pick up six sticks in 26, and I don't know, storming the gates of heaven in 2027. And wow. Has to rhyme. God's nature didn't change from 23 to 24. It's not that in 20, 2023, God was against you, and now in 2024, he's for you. It's not that in 2024, he was 23, 2023, he was for you, and 2024, he's going to be against you. God's character, his nature, he is the same yesterday, he is the same today, and he will be the same forever. Now, how in the world is this tying with Proverbs 13? Let me tell you how it ties in. I believe a lot of people live and will live this year in heart sickness because they go chasing words that were never for them to begin with. They will go chasing things and listening to voices that they shouldn't even listen to in the first place. Half the people that are on Facebook, I've already seen, you were wrong in 2020, 2021, and 2022, and 2023. Anyways, I guess a broken clock is right at least twice a day. Maybe you'll get it right this time. But I'm not going to chase people that are consistently wrong about everything they said with the hope that maybe this time they'll get it right. And hang my entire hopes for a year on what somebody says that I've never met, that I don't know the fruit of their life that I have no clue what they're talking about. And by the way, I've already seen people, I've already seen several this year already, but 2024 is going to be a year where God is going to bring judgment and God's going to bring doom and gloom. And, and I go, you don't know Jesus. This is just a problem. You just don't know Jesus. You don't know his character and you don't know his nature and you don't really know who he is if you're prophesying doom and gloom and destruction and agony and sickness and disease and pestilence and famine and da da da, -da and war. And listen, God is good. He's better than you could ever even imagine that he is. As good as you think he is, multiply that by like times infinity. And he's better than that. Listen, I don't. God's plan is still the same. I know I'm a little bit fired up this morning, but this stuff fires me up because there needs to be some reprogramming of the way that we think about some of this stuff. Is God speaking? Yes. It's a prophetic force. Yes. Should it be treated like a daily horoscope? Absolutely not. It's like astrology, the year change. So now it's the year of this and God has something different to say. God's still saying the same thing. He's still proclaiming the same things. He still has a plan to give you a hope and a future. He still desires for you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Like he said in 3 John 2. What if we just went back to the more sure word of prophecy and what we already have and we built everything else upon that rock? If we built everything else upon the word and what he's already said and we added on to that in the same vein. Because listen, have you ever had... 
Have you ever had somebody tell you that you said something? And you go, that doesn't even sound like me. I think that's how Jesus treats half these words that are going around these days. That doesn't even sound like me. That's not what I said. That doesn't even sound like my character to talk like that. I've heard people say that I said things. I'm like, that's not even language that I use. That vocabulary is way too small. We have a lot of people that live in heart sickness because rather than live in true expectation for God to do something amazing in our lives, we've chased what other people are saying. We've been listening to the wrong voices. Let me tell you what, I don't serve a God of doom and gloom. I'm going to say it again. I don't serve a God of doom and gloom. That's not who I serve. Whenever you read scripture, everything is restorative. The entire nature of scripture, even, even the parts that, that, that can look doom and gloom, if you actually read into it, they're restorative in everything that Jesus does and everything the Father does. It's always restorative at its heart. Listen, I don't serve a God who comes to destroy. I serve the God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we dare ask or think according to the power that works within us. And listen, I'm, I'm believing for some great things this year. I'm believing for some great things in your life. I believe for some great things for this body. And what the scripture tells us is that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all of that. That's your word for this year. Exceeding abundantly above all you could dare ask. Or even think. So here's, here's a question I have for you this morning. And I'm preaching fast. But what if you had a positive expectation? What if you had a godly expectation for what God was going to do in 2024 rather than live in your doubt and your pessimism? What if you believed the words that God spoke into your heart rather than Facebook prophet so-and-so? Self-appointed apostle, this guy. What if we believed those people rather than people who paid engagement farms to get their following up? Y'all don't think that's real? That's real. What if this was the year where the promise that you know God made to you was fulfilled? I believe if we live in expectation that this can be that year. Because listen, when expectation met Jesus, amazing things began to happen. Turn to Luke 7. Y'all get anything out of this? That's maybe a little bit strong. I know y'all, listen, Christmas is over. Luke 7 says this, verse 1. Now when he, Jesus, concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Which, I don't even want to get into it, but what's funny is that the things that, he, that they say make him deserving aren't even things that make anybody necessarily deserving of healing, because nobody's actually deserving of healing. But Jesus responds anyway. He goes, I know that y'all think that's what this is about, but it's not really what this is about. I'm doing this simply because I love people. Verse 6, then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, get this, and my servant, what's it say? What's it say? 
my servant will be healed. Not he might be healed. Not we'll see what happens. Not it's a coin flip. You say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him. By the way, this statement that Jesus is about to make is incredibly controversial. I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Because he's talking about a Roman. And he's saying, whenever I've walked the face of the earth and everybody I've seen, this Roman has greater faith than anybody who's even calling themselves chosen. Verse 10. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. The story is really simple. But it's brimming with revelation about expectation. So we have this centurion. He's a Roman centurion who is outside of covenant. He is a Gentile living under the old covenant. Jesus has not gone to the cross and made a way for anybody who calls on his name to be grafted in. This man is a man outside of covenant. And he has a friend, a servant, somebody who is dear to him, who is sick. And he has no answer for what he's facing. Except for this. He hears about a man who heals the sick, who raises the dead, who casts out devils. And he goes, if he does it for all of them, there's no reason he can't do it for me too. And he sends uh, some of the, 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 the leaders of the synagogue there to go get Jesus, bring him. He sends somebody out. He says, listen, I, I, you don't have to come to my house. I, I understand. You just say the word and it happens. I don't, I don't need some sort of grandiose thing. I don't need you to lay hands on him. I don't need you to anoint him with oil. I don't need you to come and make a show. You just say the word and things move. Because I'm a man under authority. And I know whenever I say something, things move. In the natural. And I know there's something about you that whenever you say things, sickness has to move. Disease has to move. Infirmity has to move. So you just say the word and my servant will be healed. He will be healed. And then Jesus said, never seen faith like this. The man's servant is healed. So what does that mean for us? What's that mean for us? What's that mean for you? What's that mean for all of this that we're talking about? I know that for a lot of us, even just 15 minutes ago, we were talking at the beginning uh, of this message about what a wonderful year this has been. And it's been an absolutely, absolutely phenomenal year. And I know God's done some incredible and amazing things. I could go around this room and I might just do it in a minute and name some of the amazing and incredible miracles and things that we've seen God do. As a matter of fact, uh, this, this morning, uh, he was texting me, Jeff and, and Amanda Johnson, they're in, uh, in, in Gainesville. Jeff on Wednesday had, uh, Amanda gave him a, a, a kidney and uh, they had, had a transplant. They put it in him and they're doing well and everything looks good. Numbers are good. Tests are good. Everything's wonderful. They're recovering. It's wonderful. They're actually, he goes, I texted him. I said, how y'all doing? He goes, well, we're watching you right now. I said, well, that's good. So, hey, JJ. And Amanda. Yeah, Amanda too. That's awesome. And, and by the way, the fact that, that she was a match, and the doctor used the term a perfect match. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know all the probabilities, but I know it's not real high for that to happen. Uh, and uh, it's an absolute miracle. And God's, 
He who's begun a good work, he's faithful and just, and he's going to complete it in their lives. Amen? Amen? But listen, I know God's done some incredible, amazing things in this year. But how, here's, here's a question. How many of you are facing some things right now that seem adversarial? Come on, how, let's, be, let's be real. How many of you are facing some situations that you look at it right now and you feel like, you feel like this centurion who's looking at a dream, who's looking at something you knew God had said to you. You, you, you knew it was a promise you had, but you're looking at it and it feels like it's on its deathbed. Come on. How many of you have been in a spot like that? And listen, I'm, I'm so thankful for y'all that shout over everybody else and what happened in 23. But let's just be real. There's probably some of you in this room that had an awful 2023. All right. That's okay. Because 2024 is going to be even better. 2024 is a year of turnaround for you. 2024 is a year of fulfillment. Are y'all with me? But he, he, here's what all of this means for us. A lot of us are in that situation. And we can be like that centurion who have dreams, who have hopes, who have relationships. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's a prodigal that you're believing for. Maybe it's uh, some, some prophetic word that you've received that you've been looking at and you feel like it is literally on life support and you're ready to just pull the plug and be like, forget about it. Well, for you and for all of us for this year, Here's what I want to do. Can I tell you about this guy that I know? Can I tell you about this guy that I know? Because the centurion heard about this guy. And when he heard about this guy, it caused some expectation to be stirred in his heart. So this morning, can I tell you about this guy that I know? That he came into darkness and he became the light to expel darkness forever. Can I tell you about this guy that I know that 2,000 years ago that he walked, the, he walked the streets healing the sick and raising the dead and casting out devils for people? Can I tell you about this guy that I know that whenever I was in my sin and whenever I was in my shame and that whenever I was broken, he laid down his life and he died so that I could be liberated from the power of hell and sin and darkness forever. Can I tell you about this guy that I know that whenever my my son was born still that he showed up in a room. Can I tell you about this guy that I know who did incredible and amazing things and turned situations around. Can I tell you about this guy that I know that 15 months ago when it looked like Pastor Garrett and Pastor Becca were on the verge of absolute devastation in their family that he showed up and he turned things around. Can I tell you about this guy that I know that whenever Richard got a bad report from the doctor and gave him continual bad was it your liver or your kidney? I already forgot. Which one? And when his liver, he got continual bad reports. But suddenly a word came over his life. And the very next time he went back for tests, they said, everything's good. Can I tell you about a guy that I know that whenever Jamie Birdwell was in a situation where he felt hopeless and lost, that Jesus showed up. Can I tell you about a guy that I know, and I could go around this room and name so many people that whenever they felt like they had no hope, that he showed up as hope. And you better believe that if he did it for Garrett and Becca, if he did it for Jamie, if he did it for Josiah, if he did it for Richard, if he did it for any of those people, that he will do the exact same thing for you. 
that he'll move in the same way that he's not a respecter of persons. And if that doesn't cause some expectation to stir in your heart and in your spirit for what God can do in your life, then I don't know what else is going to. Because if he did it for them, then he will certainly do it for you. Can I tell you about this guy that I know who takes things that were wrong and makes them right? Can I tell you about this guy that I know that he hasn't made a promise that on one day he will wipe away every tear? Can I tell you about this guy that I know who is the way, the truth, and the life, and who is the answer to whatever problem you are facing today? Allow expectation to stir in your heart. Because what you do with that information is now when you're a ball court. I can't make you believe. I can't make you have expectation. But let me just add this. Those who have experience are never at the mercy of those who have an argument. You can argue to me all day why Jesus doesn't want to do it, and why miracles have passed away, and why none of this is real, blah, 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 and why it's going to be doom and gloom. Listen, your argument doesn't trump my experience. You can say all that you want. I've lived it. You can't convince me of anything different. You can tell me doom and gloom all you want, but I've lived in the goodness of God. You can tell me that God doesn't heal, but I've seen it time and time again. You can tell me that God doesn't restore, but I see it every day. You can tell me that God isn't the God of the turnaround, but I see it every week. You can tell me that God doesn't do it, but it's too late. I've already seen it. Your argument holds no weight over my experience and the truth that I've lived. What you do with it's in your ball court. You can be like a lot of believers that I know even today. Spirit-filled people who choose to live in doubt and listen to the naysayers. <sighs> Say one more time. Just because they have profit at the beginning of their name on Facebook doesn't mean they aren't a naysayer. Anybody can do that. It's a tag. Change your first name. It ain't that hard. I've had some experience with Jesus who made a way where there seemed to be no way. I've been at places where it was the deepest, darkest place that any person could possibly be, and I've seen him show up and turn situations around. Don't tell me that he can't do it again. What is your expectation? What is your expectation? What are you expecting for this year? I promise you, if you're expecting bad things to happen, you're going to have bad things happen. But if you're expecting for God to turn things around, Romans 10 says that faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. We can say this way, expectation comes by hearing. In the book of Revelation, it says that they have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Listen, you don't just overcome by the blood, you overcome by the word of your testimony, by the word of the testimony of this, these people that you know and you walk in covenant with. So listen, next time you're feeling hopeless, you may need to start rehearsing some testimonies of some other people. I know this guy who, when it looked like Tori was going to be an addict for the rest of her life, that he showed up. I know this guy when my... I didn't know him then. It was a long time ago. A lot of people don't even know the story. I know when my grandpa was born years ago. How big were you, Gramps? Less than two pounds. In 1942, 
1942. The prognosis for a baby born less than two pounds in 1942 is not very good. But I know this guy. And you can't convince me of anything different with your argument because I've seen too many walking miracles and walking testimonies. I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen tumors dissolve. I've seen the prodigals come home. I've seen the addicts delivered. I've seen marriages put back together. You can't convince me that his plan for me is anything other than good. Centurion heard and faith was built. An expectation was built. When you hear what Jesus has done, it should build an expectation in what God is going to do. I have expectation for 2024. Not because of some Facebook post I saw. Because I know a guy. <laughs> I have some expectation for 2024. Not because so brother so-and-so said something, but because I know a guy. And once again, I said it earlier. I said it earlier, but here's the kicker about this entire narrative with the centurion and his servant. Neither, neither the centurion nor his servant are either, even in covenant, but God shows up anyway. In the old covenant, you are now in a new covenant with what kind of promises? Better promises. People read, read the, Old, the Old Testament and they go, oh, it's so amazing the way that God moved in. He moved in supernatural strength and wonder. And he did. He did. Under an inferior covenant. Y'all are having to process this. Under a lesser covenant. And we now have a better covenant with better promises. And better means better. Greater than that it exceeds what was former. And if God did it for somebody outside of covenant, under an inferior covenant, how much more so is God going to do it for you who's been grafted into the family of God, who's part of a new covenant with better promises? If he did it for the centurion servant, you better believe he will do it for you at just the mention of his word. You don't have to have some sort of grand Experience. An angel didn't have to come and unfurl a scroll and make a proclamation. You didn't have to be taken up to the third heaven. You didn't have to have some sort of open vision with roaring lions and angels with swords. And I'm not saying any of that's bad or wrong. I'm just saying you don't need that to receive the promise that God has for you. All you need is Jesus to speak the word. And the good news is this. He's already spoken the word over your situation. He's already given you a more sure word of prophecy in scripture. He's already given you everything that you need to see every situation that you are facing turn around in 2024. And the things that have gone well for it to even be better this year you I don't know how I've seen God do so many amazing things well get ready for even better I have expectation for even greater things I'm not waiting for the world to go to hell I'm waiting for heaven to come to earth I'm gonna say that again some of y'all I'm not waiting for the earth to go to hell I'm waiting for heaven to come to earth because that's that's the way Jesus told us to pray Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Listen, if Jesus did it for the centurion and his servant, you better believe he'll do it for you. So, as we wrap up, I don't care what you see, what you read, what you hear over the next few weeks. And trust me, there will be a lot of it. I don't care what the news says or what prophet so-and-so says. 
God's plan for you this year is incredible. God's word, you want a word for the year? Here it is, better. Better than you thought. Better than you imagined. Better than you could hope for. Have expectation for God to do something amazing in your life this year. What if instead of confessing devastation over your family and your relationships and your prodigal, what if you started expecting for them to walk through the door? What if you started expecting instead of for your marriage to fall apart, for y'all to rediscover some love and a fire and a spark in your marriage? What if instead of waiting to be laid off, you believed that God was going to give you a raise? What if your expectation went to a higher place? Listen, God's plan for high praise this year is incredible, which means this. God's plan for you this year is incredible. And I'm going to finish this message by apologizing about this. I'm sorry that I don't have bad news for you today. And the reason that I don't have bad news is because of this. I'm here to preach the gospel. And the word gospel literally means good news. Why would we expect the Jesus to have anything bad to say about us and our situation when he came to preach the gospel, which is good news? You know what the year 2024 is for you? Good news. You know what this upcoming season means for you? Good news. You know what it means? It means better news. I've seen people buy houses this year. People at the beginning of the year didn't think they'd be able to. And God showed up and he showed out. Good news. I've seen people that thought they were going to have to walk in sickness all the days of their life experience healing. Good news. I've seen families that were broken and torn apart put it together in this year. Good news. I've seen God do amazing. I've seen people saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, water baptized. I've seen people's families start coming to church so they never thought would come to church. Good news. I don't have anything bad to tell you because my God is the God of good news. Come on, band. Y'all come on up here. Get your expectation up. It's the year of good news. It's the year to get your expectation up for what he's going to do in your life. Y'all can stand up to your feet because I'm telling you, he's going to do something absolutely incredible. Will you lift your hands to the Lord this morning? I just want you to repeat after me today. Say, Father God, I thank you today that this year, 2024, I have an expectation for you to do incredible things for me, for my spouse for my family, for my children, for my extended family, for my workplace, in my health, in destiny. You're going to do something incredible because the gospel is being declared over my life. The good news is being declared over my life. I have faith. I have expectation that my greatest days are still ahead. That doom and gloom are not my portion, but better days, better years. It's what you have for me. I receive it today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can you lift your voice to him this morning? If you're thankful for it, if you believe it today. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.